Well, hey there. Welcome to the Elsa Kurt Show. I am Elsa Kurt, and we are continuing with our series from the NRB convention that was in Orlando a couple weeks ago. And uh, we got to do some really great interviews and uh, talk with some just uh, incredible people out in the world doing amazing work um, and just uh, just helping people everywhere they go. And um, today's interview is no exception, or today's guest is no exception. Her name's Elizabeth Good, and uh, she is an author, a speaker, an advocate, and uh, she has really done some incredible things uh, in, in her time. And uh, she's got one heck of a story to share and her passion, her reason for doing the work that she does. And uh, she's got some really incredible um, facts that she shared that I was uh, stunned by. I I had no idea. Uh, I'm still a little bit surprised by uh, some of the things that she said, had to say. And uh, I'm looking forward to you hearing it as well, because I, I think uh, if it doesn't impact you personally, uh, it may impact somebody that you know and love. And um, boy, oh boy, it's it's quite a conversation. And she's just uh, another lovely human being that I got to sit and chat with. Uh, we talked a little bit beforehand and um, she's, uh, she, she's, she's just lovely. She's just lovely. And uh, her heart and her passion for what she does uh, is very evident. Um, you know, you ever meet people that you just right away connect with and you're like, you know, Yep. You're my person. You're my person. I like you. Uh, she's one of those people. She's terrific. And I, I really look forward to seeing all the amazing things that uh, she's going to continue to do with her work. Uh, she's got a couple really great books out there. I think there's a, there's one that is out and there's one that's coming. I believe I, I may have to correct that. Um, if I do, you'll see it down on the bottom. Because when I go in and do my editing after and cut out anything silly or stupid that I say, I'll I'll give you that information. And of course, any links that she has, they'll be in the show notes too. Um, so as usual, I love that you guys uh, tune in and take a listen to uh, what I have to say, what I want to chat about. Um, I just came back from uh, Florida last night, late last night. Uh, I was there for nine days with my grandbabies. That was amazing. Yes, I'm tired. <laughs> yes, it's always a great reminder uh, that I am not getting younger. I'm apparently getting older and uh, the audacity, but it was so great. Such a great visit, such a great time with the babies. Um, my flight, not so much fun. That was not so great. But, you know, I fly every month as uh, some of you, if you've been following the show, you know, you know, my escapades here, I, I go every month to go see the grandbabies. And and yes, I am so blessed and so fortunate that I get to do that. Um, if I can't be with them every week, um, every month is, is pretty good. So no complaints. Um, I, I honestly, I can't even complain about last night's uh, flight. Flew out of Orlando and uh, it was storming you know, on and off all day, thunderstorm. So I already knew I had an 8.30, 8.35 to be exact, uh, flight PM out. And I know it's always risky to fly out in at in the evening uh, from Florida because of their like afternoon storms. Uh, yesterday was all day storms, but so I, I already kind of knew going in that, yeah, there's probably going to be at least a, at least a delay. 
So, uh, and sure enough, you know, by, by the morning, by mid morning, I think it was, I was already getting a notification. And at that point it was like 20 minutes delay. It's like, ah, big whoop. But I know I've been doing this a while now. I know this isn't the end of the story here. And, uh, lo and behold, it, it was crazy. It was, um, it was constant back and forth, which I will say I've never had uh, a reversed delay. Maybe you have, but I've never had a delay reversed. And that's what was happening. So it was like 835 turned into, okay, now you're departing at 943. And then that changed to, okay, now you're departing at 1005. And then it's changed to your parting at 10 or 920. You know, it was like, and it kept doing that all night, all the way up until all the way up until maybe an hour before boarding, maybe even closer to boarding than that. But uh, long story long, got on the plane, uh, I don't know, I guess around 10, 15, 10, 30, I think. Got home sometime after one. I slept in. It's all good. It's all good. So no complaints. I mean, they, you know, they tried their best. What are you going to do? I mean, I I don't know. I I am learning to let the things go that I can't control. This is this is what my Jesus has done for me. Oh boy. Yeah. So I mean I'm kidding, but I'm also serious too. You know, that obviously is a, a huge factor in my life these days, which I am I am loving, which also ties in, of course, to going to the uh uh NRB convention, which is the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. If I didn't say that every episode that we're talking about this, if I haven't said it. I'm saying it again. That's what it was. And uh, it was a great opportunity. And uh, so thankful to my Right America Media family for making that happen so that I could get to be around these incredible people. Um, so, yeah, so I basically always fly into Orlando. That that event um, co- uh, convention was in Orlando, and that was um, very nice. And uh, what else? What else can I tell you about? So um, that's kind of it. I mean, I don't really have a whole whole heck of a lot to tell you. Um, I could sit and talk to you about my grandbabies all day, um, but you know, you probably didn't tune in for that. So that's okay. Um, we have, so we have Elizabeth Good today that we're talking with. Uh, next week, I'm going to bring you uh, some some more great, great guests that I got to interview. And uh, we have a few more. We have a few more. I think it's uh, maybe three, three more, I think. Three more amazing people that I got to interview and uh, share with you so that you can use this information um, and, uh, you know, just uh, you get something out of it, hopefully. I mean, I can't imagine you not, really. Uh, what else have we got going on? So I've got a, another series going on. I decided um, on a whim, like I always do. I woke up one morning um, a few weeks ago. And uh, I said, um, I need to do, um, I need to do a new series for, you know, for my podcast. I want a kind of a separate, but joined thing. And, and I figured since I am talking so much about my faith journey, uh, I thought I would make that like kind of its own thing, a little separate thing. Not that I'm not going to talk about it here. I'm going to talk about it wherever, but, uh, I thought maybe there were some other people out there that were going through this as well, just uh, embarking on a faith journey and embracing their faith. And maybe there are some people out there like me 
who much later in life, or it doesn't even have to be later in life, just I guess in adulthood or at a phase of their life where uh, this is something very new and different than what you've been doing in your life. And I know that's, I know that's very common. I know people find faith at different times in their lives and um, everybody's story is a little bit different uh, or maybe a lot different. And I, I did discover through this that my story is different than most or many of the stories that I've heard. And uh, just a, you know, a little explanation of that is, you know, everybody I always talk to about this or hear about, uh, they always have this like really amazing come to Jesus story of what changed their life. Like the moment, that pivotal moment that changed everything. And I was feeling kind of like, eh, because I don't have that kind of story. I don't have like this big wow story to tell you about my faith journey, like the what happened, what changed, what did it, what's the moment. I I didn't have that. I don't have that. And um, so I was thinking that, you know, maybe other people are are like that too. Maybe other people went through the same experience uh, that I went through of uh, just navigating coming out Christian, that's the name of the series, coming out Christian, uh, to your family who is not Christian, who is not religious, who is not, you know, faith-driven, um, anything, you know, like you are, or like I am, obviously, in this case, I'm talking about myself. Um, so I was thinking, like I said, that there were probably other people out there that are on this uh, similar journey and experiencing some of the same things that I am. And I thought it would be a nice little space to just talk about that and share those uh, things that I'm going through in the hope that it will help somebody else who is either about to start navigating their faith journey and embracing um, that life-changing experience and are feeling either fearful or uncomfortable or uh, maybe even embarrassed because I actually felt that way. I was like, I don't know if embarrassed is exactly the right word, but I was uncomfortable sharing uh, this new phase of my life with people that have known me my entire life and I, that I knew would find this bizarre. And um, like I said, I, I suspect there are other people walking the same walk and uh, experiencing the same things. And uh, yes, by the way, I am out on the porch again, and that is a very loud helicopter, I guess, going overhead. So yeah, real life, man, it's what happens. So anyhow, uh, so the this series is called Coming Out Christian. Uh, there are currently, there's four episodes, two or maybe three, I think three are out. I'm putting out new ones on Wednesdays. Um, I don't know how long the series is going to be. There's a there's four four in the tank, so to speak, as of right now, and um, I, I expect to keep going with it. Uh, so if that's something you're interested in, join me on this new journey. Maybe you are somebody who are um, who is well versed in the Christian life for way longer than I have, and maybe you can offer me us newbies some advice and uh, encouragement and suggestions. Uh, we're so receptive to that. We're like, you know, we're like little 
baby birds, <laughs> just soaking it all in and just um, learning, learning. I'm loving the learning part of it. And I'm loving the way this all makes me feel uh, about life, about death, about everything, about people. Boy, it just changes, just changes you so much in such an incredibly wonderful way. Uh, and I can't help but share. So that's what that series is about. I would love if you went and checked it out and uh, shared your your thoughts and feelings on it too, because I really love talking with you guys in the comments. Uh, what else? Let's see. Oh, I always have to ask you because I used to always forget this, like every episode up until the past, like maybe three, I always forgot to ask people to subscribe to the show because I always feel so cheesy doing that. But I'm asking you if you could subscribe, that would be so lovely. And um, yeah, so that's it. Uh, so here is my interview with Elizabeth Good. She is so lovely and uh, her links will be in the show notes and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Enjoy. Well, hello guys. Welcome. We are at the NRB Con convention. We are with Elizabeth Good and she's got an incredible story and incredible purpose. And I'm so happy to have you on here. We were, we became fast friends uh, before we started filming. So I feel like I'm sitting here with a, with a new friend. So it's very, very cool. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I am honored and I excited to talk with you more. I love it. So, um, I kind of, so we have a really big topic we want to talk to you about, um, but we're going to give a, a little background first. Now you, uh, started, you're, you're a leader, you've been a leader in the anti-sex trafficking movement since 2011. So that alone, obviously, is just a, an incredible thing to take on because it is so huge. So um, if you don't mind, very briefly, will you tell us a little bit how you got involved with that? Yeah, I came from Chicago okay. and I was an area pastor at Willow Creek Community Church. Okay. So a decade in leadership at Willow, I grew mm -hmm. up there and sort of got burnt out, the whole ministry thing, and was moving to Florida mm -hmm. to do nothing was the goal. And was part of a fundraiser looking for a charity. And as I first moved to Sarasota, a beautiful area, Longboat Key Siesta, um, was asking what's an underdog charity we could bring to the light. And they said, how about the fact that our local children are being sold for sex? And whoever heard of that in America? Right. And so before you knew it, I'm leading safe housing. But after a decade of the same stories, the same over 5,000 girls, same story, same story, sexual abuse, secrets, mm -hmm. not talking about what happened. So pivoted into where I am now. Wow. That's so incredible. And, um, you know, what, a, what a calling, did you feel called to do that? Did that just, how you know did that what? come to you? I was always passionate about yeah. secrets. Mm. So I had received my master's in clinical psych when I was 28. Okay. So I'm 54 now. And everybody I worked with, it was about the secrets. So they would come to you with a symptom and it always was back here, the root level secret that they never dealt with, dealt with. And then once this was healed, this sort of falls off. So I was intrigued with that. Then I moved to Florida and I had gone through a crazy situation of my own healing that brought up some of my own secrets that I didn't even know I was really even hiding. An abortion that I had that came after sexual abuse and just pathways of, you know, Satan just makes you hide and shame sure. and shame and shame. And so I had moved to Florida and the first place I volunteered was post-abortive healing. I was wow. creating one of their first groups for that. And every single person in that had the root of sexual abuse too. And I'm like, more secrets. And it was mm -hmm. all these church leaders, elders, five abortions, leaders, three abortions. Like, no one talked about it. Nobody was having a space to talk about it. Wow. And so the trafficking thing, it just sort of unfolded and ended up, no one was, there was no one to write a check to. Sure. That's how it, I got into that. But I was passionate once I realized it's the same route. If it was not for the secrets, we would not be dealing with the symptoms of abortion, of trafficking, mm -hmm. domestic violence, all of the outcomes that we are really passionate about 
talking about, right. but it's down here mm. is where it begins. What a, a, you know, what a, an astute connection to make to, to realize that what the root is and it's the secrets and, and it's very pervasive in the church community, right? I mean, there's just oh, yeah. so many things that that are taboo to talk about. And and before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about this. And uh, you mentioned a, a really amazing statistic, really, or I don't know if it's really a statistic, but a number of the, the childhood traumas and secrets that don't come out. And what was the age, the average age? Well, that- the average age of sexual abuse mm-hmm. is three, four, five years old. Okay. Addiction now is beginning. Pornography and little boys and little girls, seven, eight, nine, the average age people speak about their secrets, Mm -hmm. 53 years old. I mean, talk about a, I mean, that's a lifetime. Yeah. That is a lifetime of holding in trauma secrets uh, when there can be healing. So yeah. you created, you have a foundation. Will yes. you tell me about the foundation? Sure. It's called Thank the you. Foundation United. I love the name. Foundation United. We need a solid foundation. Yes. Jesus is sort of the rock of it all. And then we look to find like the best, the best solutions. Because mm-hmm. after running housing and realizing what a symptom that was, mm. every girl had sat in school. Every girl had literally been arrested. Every girl had been hospitalized or had medical care. All those guys had blind spots, didn't know what they're looking at. So for years, since we started the foundation in 2018, we're sort of focused on that systemic training of, let's get these girls in kindergarten. Let's get them in first grade. Let's not have them be 26 years old and feeling they have no destiny, no identity, like fighting to get it back. And then as my first book came out, Groomed, it was covid and we were all locked down. Oh, and yes. so I'm like, okay, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not touring. I'm not doing anything. And so I created, I love making curriculum. I love go- going deep. And so I created this curriculum around it and I just opened it up on social media. Hey, you know what I want to do it with me? Let's do it for fun. Most of my friends are leaders in the church. People signed up from like Alaska, all over uh, other countries. Wow. And every person, stuff was coming out that they've never said before. And so they started saying, can you do this from our husbands? And so then it turned into, and then the school one we did was K through 12. And so it's people are like, can't we have it for kids? Cause our kids should be talking about it. It was just leading the narrative and taking it back like social media and the world and the enemy. They're talking about sex, right? And they're talking about how to get addicted, how to be confused, how to this. And we're just at the church. Like, Oh no, no, we don't talk about that. We don't, yes. we don't go there. That's yes. uncomfortable. And this just sort of was like this underground grassroots thing that started happening. So then I was doing it for fun. So then we decided, let's just put this under the Foundation United. Because quite honestly, the church is the only system mm-hmm. that could change everything. Yes. If we got real and if we were honest mm-hmm. and weren't pretending and hiding and we normalize these conversations. I have from children to grown men, like leaders of military, chaplains of the Southern Baptist Convention, hiding, saying, Elizabeth, I have no one to confess to. There's nowhere to go. I'm too high up. And that was never the plan. So it's really just bringing back basic biblical tenets, but perfectly packaged to go into church. <laughs> that, that's what, but, and that's what people need. you know. So, so what an uh, amazing and, and smart uh, approach to this, because yeah. that's exactly what you need. You need the truth, and you need the light to be shined on everything. Uh, but you also need it to be packaged right for people, because people, you know, and this is our society. Everything has it? to be. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And I want to, you know, I wrote down in my notes, because it, it really moved me, just, just very briefly on, on your book that's published, um, you said that there's there's a quote right in the beginning, and um, it says, someone in your past sold you a false story about who you are and what you're worth. And I that really struck me so much. And I I strongly feel that that book has has really changed lives and um, and people yeah. should be should 
should go check that out because you know like you said there's there's trauma and secrets that we have that we're we have yeah. and if you're not in our age group right i'm not telling you our age group i don't mind <laughs> we're at that age we're, yeah. we're at that age and we're not telling you our age um but yeah, you know, there's, there's, that's devastating to hear that people are holding on and not living their best life and not, uh, fully, uh, getting to enjoy the, the beauty of faith and of God and all that because they're hiding. And, right. and so what you're doing is really incredible. And now yeah. you're working on a new book. Yes. Yes. Tell me about that. Oh, I love the new one so much. I can tell you start smiling I'm right like, away. Oh, I, I love, love that. It. Because the last one is called Groomed. Okay. So it's by HarperCollins Groomed. I, I love it. But it sort of just starts sort of getting into it. Okay. And then the second one is called Speak the Unspeakable. Speak the Unspeakable. Real talk wow. on secrets, mm-hmm. sex, and being set free. And it's really for believers because, you know, what, what you're sharing about when we're young, someone's sold us a lie. It's never intentional. I always say it's never intentional. It's generational. Mm. Like with my mom, she's like, well, we didn't talk about that. She knew yes. when I got sexually abused in the hometown where she came from. She never spoke to it. She never told me about her abuse. She told me about her abuse when she was 84 years Whoa. old. I'm like, what if she had told me when I was 14? Sure. It would have protected me. And and I think that all the things that happen, it's not all about sexual abuse. And so I think that's the thing for people to understand. The speak the unspeakable is what you said. Yeah. It's grief and things we come into agreement with. Like I had a sister who was accidentally killed when I was little. And it was tragic. You know, she was just gone in one second. Mm-hmm. And no one talked about it. My family's coping was not to speak. Mm-hmm. We don't speak about anything, you know. Yes. Yeah, it's so relatable. <laughs> yeah, so relatable with the family just not speaking. Yeah. You know, we, we were raised to, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on behind the doors. When you open that door, you put on your best face and you smile and you act right and you don't right. talk about things. So, wow. so understandable. Yeah, and then you come into agreement with your child. Right. So what I came into agreement with at a young age was mm-hmm. I didn't get to grieve. My grief wasn't important. I was the youngest of probably 30 cousins and aunts and uncles and I was least important mm. someone actually said to me you did you barely knew her <laughs> I was like it was my sister Whoa. so I realized my grief doesn't matter I'm here to comfort others and I took on a false sense of responsibility that was the root of most of my things mm-hmm. I mean I think it made me vulnerable to not have a voice and I think predators look for those of us that sure. don't have a voice absolutely but it was the lie prior it was mm-hmm. the grief and I don't matter and we just don't have off ramps to let people access things they haven't processed. Now we and do. And it repeats. Thanks yes, to you. Now, now we, do. we do. Now we do in your foundation. Uh, Elizabeth, I can't thank you enough. This is such valuable information and, and you know, a path to healing yeah. for so many people and education too. So to stop these patterns from repeating and, and that's such a huge gift. Um, will you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can help, if there's anything they could do be, to be a part of this yeah. incredible experience. Well, I would say to definitely go to the foundationunited.org and that our website under the prevention tab, it drops down to Real Talk and that has everything. Like you could print it and walk it into your pastor. If you're not part of a church, you could actually still connect with us and find out how to be part of a group. So you would just contact us on that page. But some people are like, a lot of people are not plugged into churches right now. Right. There's been a big sort of transition and everyone's sort of feeling the detachment and a lot of people. And so we have all kinds of things for the family there too. We have one that's just K through 12. If your kids are in school, we Mm -hmm. could roll it out whatever school they're in. And it's secular versus real talk is Christian. And we have things for the family. It's just our whole passion as having Christians Mm -hmm. get back into the game and talk about all of this because Satan is killing it. He's right. like marketing yes. genius yes. everywhere. And we as the church 
have gone quiet and gone very background. And this helps you just step into it, not in a scary way, but just normalizes it right. so that there's an off ramp and an on ramp. People can get on this conversation and safe places to go. We mm. have a whole team. We call them our private pathways, where if you go through it and stuff comes up and you don't have like a great deep someone to process it with, we have a whole background of like Holy Spirit healing, fast, beautiful places mm. to bring you guys the whole whole church into places of talking about it and feeling healed. That's so beautiful and so amazing. And and these services, you can, like you said, they can actually bring this to their own churches and help facilitate yeah. that happening. That is just amazing. Elizabeth, thank you. It has been a huge joy to be able to talk to you yeah. and to share this information. Thank, thank you. you. Guys, you heard it here. Go check out that website and uh, help your churches help all of us. We will see you the next time. Take care, guys. Hey friends, if you're looking for a new book to read, why not check out one of mine? You can find them on Amazon.com and of course at ElsaKurt.com. 